0: This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for tuning in and listening and sharing these podcasts with your friends all over the interwebs. There's an old saying, I know enough to know that I know nothing. The phrase is sometimes attributed to Socrates, sometimes Maya Angelou. I find it apropos that I know that I don't know who said it. There's a similar idea to be found in the Bible, Romans one twenty-two. professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You see, during this pandemic, we've had a plethora of politicians and leaders who thought they knew everything, but really didn't know anything. We've had an overflow of foolish bureaucrats and governors and mayors and health experts who were promoting foolish policies, all while telling us how wise they actually were. I remember the day that Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards declared he was going to lock down the entire state. I live in Louisiana, and he had decided we all needed to stay home. He closed the schools, forced the kids into virtual learning. He shuttered businesses and told millions of people across the state they were non-essential. Working in the media, I was still considered essential. So I asked his press office a question. Has anyone done a cost-benefit analysis before the governor announced the lockdown? How many lives will be saved as a result of this policy? How many people will lose their jobs? How many businesses will lose everything? And how many other people will lose their lives due to drug overdoses, depression, or lack of regular medical care? They never answered my question. The reason they didn't answer the question is because no one had done a cost-benefit Analysis And since no one bothered to analyze the potential costs, even a cursory overview of it, no one had the answers to the specific follow-up questions about lives saved versus lives lost and lives ruined. I bring all this up because we now know how many lives were saved by the lockdowns. Almost zero. There's a new study out by Johns Hopkins University. Jonas Herbie, Lars Jonung, and Stephen H. Hankey are the authors. All three are economics professors familiar with cost-benefit analysis. They went looking through the predictions early on in the COVID pandemic. They start off their paper noting that, quote, an often cited model simulation study by researchers at the Imperial College London, Ferguson et al., 2020 predicted that a suppression strategy based on a lockdown would reduce COVID-19 mortality by up to 98%. 98%. A computer model. I wonder if that computer model was as good as the climate computer models for the UN have been. Turns out it's even worse than those. You see, the computer models predicted 98% reduction in the number of people who died from COVID if we would just lock down the population, but the data shows that both in Europe and in the U.S., the more stringent the lockdowns were, the more people died. That's the opposite of what you would expect just looking at the prediction models on the surface. So the authors went and looked at 34 different studies on the effects of the lockdowns worldwide and analyzed the results of those studies. Here's what they found. Studies examining the relationship between lockdown strictness find that the average lockdown in Europe and the United States only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 0.2%. Compared to a COVID-19 policy based solely on recommendations. So instead of locking everybody down, you just say, hey, y'all should probably, you know, not lick doorknobs. Okay, so why didn't these lockdown measures work? The authors wisely say they don't know, but they do propose four possibilities for people to debate. First, People respond to dangers outside their door. When a pandemic rages, people believe in social distancing regardless of what the government mandates. That's directly from the report. Well, that makes sense. Some people were already starting to wear masks in public even before the lockdowns began in March of 2020. It was on the news every night. People knew there was a new disease and they didn't want to catch it. In general, we humans are capable of rudimentary cost-benefit analysis without a government doing that for us. We have survival instincts. And when we found out that there was a virus out there, many people just changed their behavior, even if just slightly, to avoid getting sick. And they did it without the government locking them down first. Second, this is a quote from the paper. Mandates only regulate a fraction of our potential contagious contacts and can hardly regulate nor enforce hand-washing, coughing, etiquette, distancing in supermarkets, etc. Basically, try as you might, you can't control every aspect of your population's behavior. You may think that as governor with emergency powers, you are a demigod, but you're not. You're a tyrant. And the people will ultimately decide whether they are going to wash their hands of you or of the disease Or not. Third, even if lockdowns are successful in initially reducing the spread of COVID 19, the behavioral response may counteract the effect completely as people respond to the lower risk by changing behavior. Uh, This idea is that maybe the lockdowns did work and the disease went away, so people stopped being so careful and then the disease came back because they weren't being careful anymore. I tend not to agree with this idea as much as the other two, mostly because from the data I've seen, There hasn't been a single location on Earth that mandated mass and saw COVID infections drop two weeks later and stay lower for any extended period of time. The lockdowns didn't drop mortality rates. So why would people relax thinking that mortality rates had decreased? I just don't think the data supports this idea. Fourth, quote, unintended consequences may play a larger role than recognized. Now, this one's, this one's got some merit to it. Do you know where most COVID infections occurred? Do you know where you were most likely to catch COVID? At work? On a subway? On a bus? In a bar? At a school? Walking past the park? Nope. The place you are most likely to catch COVID is in your own home. That's what the data says. And where did the tyrants want everyone to stay during the lockdowns? At home. You weren't likely to get to the disease walking outdoors, but many places banned people from going to the beach or the park or zoos or indeed past your mailbox. And one of the things that can help you fight off infection is vitamin D. You get vitamin D from being out in the sunshine, but the lockdowns kept people out of the sun and in their homes where they were most likely to catch COVID. So the lockdowns, the government interventions, didn't prevent deaths in any measurable way. You know what they did do? They put millions of people out of work. We still don't have as many people back in the workforce today as we did in February 2020. The lockdowns led to hundreds of thousands of small businesses shutting down for good. The lockdowns cost an entire generation of children a year and a half of education so far and counting. Well, not the rich kids. I mean, according to the data, the rich kids are still doing just fine. But inner city kids, they have fallen so far behind, they may never catch up. And the lockdowns cost us lives. Suicides and overdoses rose during the lockdowns. Cancer deaths and heart disease both rose due to a lack of early treatment. Look at all this has cost us. Now look at what we've gained. See, that's a cost-benefit analysis. It's what we should have done before the lockdowns. We lost so much and gained so little. But power is a huge temptation. Power is a liar. And power creates fools. Those with power at the start of the pandemic believed the lie that they could stop the disease simply by taking away the rights of liberty of their fellow men. They professed themselves to be wise and then became fools. And now we know enough to know they didn't know anything at all. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, make sure you subscribe either on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me.